Sexual trauma. Well, first of all, for me, they're two different things until they're merged. So, sexual is a whole one experience, right? So, that can be pleasant, that can be enjoyable. That's something that we invite into our lives, right? And then there's the traumatic piece the piece that when it's not wanted, when it's invasive, and someone comes into your space that you didn't require or ask them or any of that, and then they are merged together, and then it becomes something altogether different. And so it is unwanted experience, but the traumatic part is the impact on the person. Like, how do they deal with this experience? How did this happen? Am I at fault? all these kinds of questions that comes up when someone is impacted by sexual trauma? Um, I think sexual trauma means um, different things to different people. You have rape, you have um, instances where you have, um, where you are promiscuous and that's because of trauma. Um, so to me that is another form of sexual trauma but um, definitely date rape, rape um, from a uh, a family member, rape from um, just someone that you don't know. Um, so there's different, so many different forms of sexual trauma. I define sexual trauma as an emotional roller coaster because of the fact that of uh, the different feelings, mixed feelings I had going through it. I didn't know whether it was right, if it was wrong, it was supposed to happen to me, am I supposed to let it happen to me? It was just so many different questions, so many different emotions at that time. So it was really hard for me to understand it at that time. Um, so it's an invasion of your personal being, and it, um, but it stays, it stays with you. It lingers much longer than a person would imagine. Sometimes it's so deeply and suppressed that you don't even know that it exists until later on. It means what I went through. It means what I went through as a child, at a very young age, um, starting at about 11, when my body was not mine anymore. So. In the words of Dr. Riley, what does sexual trauma mean to you? Well, um, to me, sexual trauma means an invasion of one's space, a robbing of one's innocence, a interaction that is unwarranted, unwanted, and it just takes from you from a place where it was meant to be special, sacred, and honored by the one you love. Welcome to the Axe Dr. Riley Show. This is the end of the season, and I am so excited. I am your host, Anissa Riley or Dr. Anissa Riley. And all of my guests from this season have returned, except for one, because she had to drive her son to college today. Parents, it's college season. But we are here 
to bring all of our wonderful guests back together with a little flavor from the Coochie Coach. So we're going to start and say, welcome back, Coochie Coach. How are you? Thank you. Um, I'm happy to be back. I am so glad that we had this opportunity to have this conversation. I'm glad that you let me get all uncomfortable and yeah. comfortable at the same time. And um, there's always more coochie to talk about. Yes. Okay. And that is what we're going to be doing today, even though one of my guests doesn't have a coochie. But I know he... Oh. He came from one, as you heard the coochie coach say. <laughs> so, as you see, we have the infamous double OG. I've been around. LA Sunshine. Give it up, give it up. Hey. I'm, 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 you know, I don't know. I'm not bragging, but I, I know a coochie or two. Oh, just a two? But do I call you coochie? You can. Okay. <laughs> the, 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 the definite article. Okay. Give, it, give it the respect that the, it deserves. The, the coochie. Coach. No, my pleasure to be here, dear. Yes, thank you and so much. This space with all of these beautiful women, you know, even though I don't have a coochie, but you know, they make me that much more strengthened. Yes, and it then, says. I don't know. I could, actually, could you guys hear me? I just want to check. Um, well, I'm happy to be here. We'll just reiterate. <laughs> um, surrounded by all this. Energy. Coochie. Coochie. <laughs> coochie. <laughs> <laughs> gonna have me gonna have me standing up in a minute. But that's another conversation. But as, but but as it says, it says, blessed art thou, yes. man, amongst women. Yes. And we have another woman over here, Miss Maia. The food, oh. mac oh. and cheese. Got to be more careful. Oh. Got it. Yeah. So oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, you want to dress up your body? I mean, what you want me to say? It was the ball. Looking all pretty in that purple. Royalty. Yes. yes. Royalty. And then we have Miss Toya. Worldwide, Tanzania, Ooh. working with the kids. Carter. Hey, I'm here, I'm here. Mm -hmm. Yes. And then, as y'all heard me say in my episode, my baby, my first, my one and only, my baby cousin, Miss Tiffany. Hey, everybody. Aww. Good to see everyone again. Hey, I'm the innocent one. I got a cooch, but I ain't, I'm not that old. <laughs> she, she the baby in the box, so I guess baby. she got clothes in her ears. Yeah, I bet the cooch do all the talking. <laughs> So as you can hear the baby, so if you have some children in the room and you are uncomfortable about having these type of conversations, I say you may need to watch it first and then judge whether or not this is a conversation that you need to have with your little ones in the room because what we are talking about are things that happen to little children as well. Mm -hmm. So this season has been all about sexual trauma. Our guests here right now, and including myself, because you've seen my episode too, have all experienced some type of trauma. But the one thing that we have done is taken our trauma and we have become triumphant. And we want to make sure that you too can be that way. And, and if we can avoid you being involved, then that's what we want to do. And so before we start, I want the Coochie Coach to get to give a little bit of information about what you should do if you've experienced some type of sexual trauma. One of the first things that you can do. Well, we're just going to pass the mic to me right off the rip. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay, great. So, um, even again, it's to hear that question um, creates a trigger. Mm. So, if I had to tell little Nikki, right? Mm. Little Nikki, little coochie coach, um, this thing has happened. What should you do? 
I would tell her to tell somebody. Tell somebody even though you're scared. Tell somebody even though you think you could get in trouble. Tell somebody even if you think that it could lead to something that you can't even imagine. No matter what, tell somebody. Because only in telling somebody you trust, somebody you love, somebody who is sacred to you, who will keep your sacred secret and respect it enough to empower you through the experience, enough not to use that experience against you, to shame you because you had that experience. And if you keep living past the experience, then you'll definitely see a promising future. Very well said. Yes. Oh, you, you know, one in your episode when you and I were talking, one of the things that you said that came to me, and I had a revelation in that moment, was when you talked about being sexually mishandled. Mm. Oh yeah. So we're gonna take a moment and look at that episode, that part of the episode, really quickly, mm-hmm. so people can get an idea of what we were talking about, and then I'm gonna ask you a question. Okay. And um, I know that. You are part of that statistic, Mm -hmm. so can you just share a little bit about your experience? Well, one, I want to say something about statistics, because I have these statistics that I say when I um, speak in front of audiences, and I use this thing, it's every 97 seconds, someone is impacted by something that I call sexually mishandled. So Mm. we throw sexual trauma in there, but sexually mishandled could be anything from somebody fondled you that you didn't want to somebody actually took a part of your body in Mm. a way that you didn't want it to happen. So that's every 97 seconds, someone is having that experience, right? So as you saw, everyone, you know, about sexually mishandling, can you just give another little snippet? Because some of us may have even been sexually mishandled or still being sexually mishandled. Mm. And that's what's happening in the world today. And that's why the Me Too movement is happening Mm -hmm. because of sexually mishandling. Wow. Um, You know, it's funny because when I first created, I'm saying I created it, right? Words are everywhere. But when I started to manipulate the words, Um, and came up with the notion of being sexually mishandled, it was out of my own experience. It was because my cousin kept probing me to tell my story so that she could believe that it actually Mm. happened, right? Mm -hmm. Because it happened in the family and she didn't want to believe that it was her favorite cousin that had done this, she needed to make it make sense for her. And so I was like, well, maybe because of the view that she had of how it looks, doesn't look the way that it happened to me. So I said, then it's sexually mishandled, right? So if there's something inappropriate, it makes you feel uncomfortable. It may not have even been vagina to penis Mm -hmm. experience or exchange, but it was, oh, he's 10 years older than you. Oh, he's your first cousin. Oh, that's like a brother. Mm -hmm. That should not be happening. If it feels uncomfortable, you are probably being sexually mishandled. If you feel disempowered about saying mm. something, key, sexually mishandled. Mm. And, and what you said brings me back to you, Tiffany, and your particular episode um, and your sexual tra- sexually traumatic experience. So we went from me too to I can't breathe. Mm. And so let's stop for a moment and just see that point right there in your episode where we connected trauma with the phrasing, I can't breathe. Sure. At first I felt someone climbing over me. 
um, I was laying on my stomach. And next I felt my shorts going down and then my underwear going down and then my legs are being spread open. So he was on your back? Yes. He was, he on, was my on my back. back? He was on my back. So we have, a, just so I want you to capture this picture. We have a 16 year old man. And describe the build of your brother because I know him very well. <laughs> he is very muscular. Very he's stocky. a football player. <laughs> yes, he's Call it what stocky. it is. He's, he he has, has a like a grown build. man at, at, at 16 age. years old, her brother was had a football build, and my cousin was seven and a very frail seven year old. Yes, and it and it felt like I couldn't breathe. I couldn't breathe at that time because I'm like I'm distraught on what's happening, but I'm also in pain at the same time. Let me stop you there because mm-hmm. you 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 just used a phrase that. Is, has become such a magnanimous phrase in our society today. You couldn't breathe. Yeah. So we hear, we can't breathe. We hear, I can't breathe. And now we're bringing into sexual trauma, I can't breathe. And so those three words are synonymous, it seems, these days with trauma and loss and crying out for help. We hear it with um, George Floyd. We hear, we heard it with Eric Gardner. Um, we see it on T-shirts in society, um, and now we hear it again from a young woman who was seven, who said, "I can't breathe." So as you can see in that episode, your experience happened with my older brother, your older brother. And listening to the Coochie Coach, what do you think about your experience now as grown Tiffany? What would you say to little Tiffany? What would I say to little Tiffany? See, I'm listening to the Coochie Coach and I understand what she's saying, being sexually mishandled and everything, and to tell people, I guess because of my experience of me telling so much, I got in trouble. Mm -hmm. So, and as I said before, I lost my voice. So for me losing my voice, I felt there was nothing I could stand on. Mm -hmm. But if I'm talking to little Tiffany right now, I'll keep telling her to keep speaking, keep Mm -hmm. talking, because eventually somebody will hear you, you know, and it's not my fault, but it, it's, it, 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 I'm still working through it. Mm-hmm. Let me be honest, I'm still working through it. It's not something I can eventually get over of, of the situation because I went through it from seven to 15, you know? So it's, 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 it's a long process for me to break down those walls and barriers of all that trauma that happened to mm-hmm. me. So I'm still talking. Mm-hmm. My voice is still loud. I don't care if you don't like my voice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm loud as ever. You can just hate the t- sound of my voice. You can hate the sight of me, but you're going to always hear my mouth. So that's, that's just where I'm at. So. And, and that's good, Tiffany, because that brings us to you, L.A., because, you know, we talk about... Because oh, I sound like a woman? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're talking about the little boy <laughs> that was sexually violated, yes. little L.A., and how little L.A. didn't say anything right. also. Right. You know, and in your episode, we talked about you not saying anything. So let's look at that for a moment. So let me stop you at the 11-year-old self. Did 
the 11 year old self or the seven year old self ever tell? Because I heard you say you never went back to Sonia's house ever again. Right. Um, but did the seven or the 11 year old self tell anybody? No, not till I was older. Um, again, it was, it was something that you don't, you're not comfortable sharing with the fellas. Not even your mom? No, I wouldn't tell my mom that. Why? No, I'm scared. I just was, I was more ashamed than scared. Mm. You know, it goes back to that. I mean, that's not something, because again, I'm, I'm, I'm that dude, man. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm holding down every, at seven. I'm thinking I'm that cat, because I'm aspiring to be like my brother. And to tell, share that experience, it kind of takes your, I'm that dude, take some of those stripes away. Out of it. Mm -hmm. So you can't compromise that. At seven, you don't even know how to, 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 to digest it, much less express it. You know, you don't even know what's actually happening. You're just going through the motions. Um, so once you get it in you, and for you to be able to go out and experience, I mean, express what happened, you're not comfortable with that. And you don't even know how to navigate that conversation. So it was definitely not a no, it was a no-no for me to um, talk to my moms about that. So as you can see in that particular point in the episode, just like you heard Tiffany say, you know, tell something, and you shared what you would say to little LA, Listening to what the coochie coach is saying, what feelings did that drum up? What connections did you make? It just reminds me, it takes me back to that pseudo, that fake machismo that men have. Like, you know, even at an early age, it's, you know, embedded in us to, to man up and be that dude. Like, and not, I ain't gonna say nothing, I can handle it, I can man up, I ain't gonna go to my mother. That coupled, that coupled with the relationship that I had with my mom and I didn't feel comfortable mm. wanting to burden her mm. with that experience that I, that I, that I went through, um, it just kind of covered it up. Um, and I think a lot of guys go through that because they, you know, we, 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 we suffer from that fake, I'm that dude, I'm that man. That's they call manning it up. Um, but again, I'd just like to reiterate that if you're going to be a man and you're going to do the most manly thing, the most, the, the, the toughest thing, the toughest thing to do is to actually express it as opposed to suppress it. Mm -hmm. Real talk. Very good. Real talk, real talk. Thank you, thank you. So, Maia, your, your situation really didn't happen so much so like ours. You found yourself in a situation where mm -hmm. it wasn't even, it was with someone I want to say that um, you already were in a relationship with. And so, listening to what the Coochie Coach is saying, is it bringing any connections to you as to what you could have done or would do or tell Middle age, your teenage, my ear. Mm. You have a voice. Yeah. You have to use it, and it wasn't okay. You deserve. You didn't deserve it, and um, I would have taken it a step further than I did instead of just trying to forget about it and keep moving on. Mm -hmm. I never told. I never went to the cops. I never, you know. You know, to this day, I still know where he lives. I mean, I don't mm -hmm. know if he still lives there, but I, you know, so I, you know, I don't know if he's ever done that to somebody else after mm -hmm. that or before that. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if I could have prevented somebody else from having that experience or that feeling or whatever. Um, I would tell myself, you, do, you are better than what you think you are. Mm -hmm. Love yourself more. Mm -hmm. Take care of yourself more. Put yourself first. 
And the reason why I wanted everyone to share is because Toya in your episode, you know, we realized that because you didn't have the language and the way in which you have begun to understand sex is now what you're passing on to your child, mm -hmm. right? And, and not, not intentionally, but just because of your relationship with sex, the word, mm -hmm. it at all. And as you can see from young Tiffany, young LA, young Anissa, young Coochie Coach, and Maia, we all had an experience. Yours wasn't like that, but what would you say now to parents who have young children um, so that way we can stop the cycle? Right. Mm -hmm. So, I, like you said, we have to express. It's a conversation that has to be had with your child. Of course, you have to feel comfortable first. So whatever it is that you need to do, read a book, contact the coochie coach. Um, but in, you need to feel comfortable within yourself to then have that talk with your child. And as for me, I'm getting there. I still have some time to actually have that talk with my child, but I'm getting there. So it's just about talking. Like we have to communicate and we have to communicate about things that are are not comfortable for mm -hmm. us. We have to take ourselves out of out of that out of this uh, that situation because things are going to happen and unfortunately we can't just continue to live as you said. We have to address it head on. So let's find that comfortable space and let's have these talks with our kids so that we can cut the cycle and end the cycle so these things are not happening. And if they are mm -hmm. to happen, your little babies feel very comfortable coming mm -hmm. to you whether they mm -hmm. are a boy or a girl. Absolutely. True. So, so yeah, so one of the things, um, the Coochie Coach, mm -hmm. Nikki, I know that you do, is you help people have language, mm -hmm. give them the language, learn how to talk about it, learn what to do. So can you help us and give us some language, give parents some language, um, give Tiffany, give LA, myself, some language. Hold the mic. <laughs> I know how to hold the mic. Yes. <laughs> um, so I want to say that we have to get uncomfortable to find the comfort, mm -hmm. to create the comfort, right? The comfort comes from getting uncomfortable. We got to be willing to unearth ourselves. Uh -huh. It's like soil. You know, if you've ever been inside some soil with your hands, it doesn't, it looks pretty in a bag. But when you start to go under and start to dig down, you start to see worms, you start mm -hmm. to see spiders, you start to see stuff that you don't even know what it is, mm -hmm. and you gotta find a magnifying glass to figure out what it is. That's essentially what this is about. Mm -hmm. This sexual conversation is about getting the magnifying glass, the microscope, whatever you need to really do some type of surgery mm. on our mm. language around sex and intimacy. And once we create and find the language, we gotta be so uncomfortable enough that we want our children not to have that experience, that we are willing to go there. Mm -hmm. And I mean, finding the language that is what they say age appropriate. I'm a little bit of a straight shooter, so my daughter here is age appropriate and probably not age appropriate, <laughs> but what she knows for sure. Mm -hmm. 
what she knows 100%, my son did too, is that they could come and tell me anything. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that if again. anybody on the planet looked like they wanted to approach them in a way that was going to be inappropriate, Come see your mama. Mm -hmm. Come see your mama. She know a whole lot of people. Mm -hmm. And it ain't got to be goons, but some of them were. <laughs> <laughs> and I meant that. And I'm saying it because my mother will tell you she thought she was that kind of mother. Mm -hmm. But she did not have the countenance. She didn't have the language right. at home to make me feel like I could talk to her about mm -hmm. it. Right? I give a space at home. Even my son got a little uncomfortable when he thought he was sitting me down for the talk. Right? Because I said, oh, you want to do, oh, bro, let me come over here and show you what. And he was like, mom, come on. That's too much now. Right? <laughs> but he was he was comfortable enough to come and tell right. me. Mm -hmm. And that stuff. for me was everything. Mm -hmm. And I think what you're saying is, is very important because I feel like parents, we say that. Like, you could come to me, you could come mm -hmm. to me, you know, but do they really feel comfortable? Are we giving them that comfortable space mm -hmm. to come and share whatever it is that is on their mind? When I had my daughter, I, I said to her in my womb and I said to the people in the environment that were my friends that I'm having a community baby. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The community is responsible for her. Everybody that I meet Everybody that I know, you know me, you know my daughter, you are now her auntie, you are now her mm -hmm. uncle, you are now her cousin, you are now. And that means you now have a duty and a responsibility mm -hmm. to take care of her. But do you also believe that because you can have those people in place mm -hmm. doesn't mean they want the responsibility? Then they're not going to be in my life. Right. There you go. So and here's what's, what, and what's, before, me, what's clear, um, clear about that is what happened to... LA story. If you listen, and when you hear LA story, so LA had a community member mm -hmm. that the community knew and the community loved mm -hmm. and trusted mm -hmm. as, yeah. as his babysitter. Mm -hmm. And she took that trust mm -hmm. and violated a child. Mm -hmm. So, how do we reconcile that yeah. um, as parents when we say it takes a village to raise a child? Mm -hmm. But there's some people in the village who need to be ousted. Exactly. Right. Be right? That's the uncomfort, though. The yeah. discomfort. We got to be uncomfortable enough to say, yo, you violated right. little Joey. Right. You got to go. Mm -hmm. And I'm saying it because I'm clear. Mm -hmm. To your point, mm -hmm. there is nobody in my cipher mm -hmm. energetically. Because if they are there energetically, I'm telling you, I can feel it, and right. they're gone. Right. We got a real limited circle. And because of the voice that I choose to use now at 47, I didn't have the voice at 7, right? But the voice that I use now is, I'm the coochie coach for real. Mm -hmm. That's my daughter for real. You are in her life. You are responsible for something. And if you don't want that responsibility, then you should probably just leave our lives. Mm -hmm. That's how candid I am now. I didn't have the capacity to be that candid when I was younger, but I'm candid like that. Yeah. And so I got a small circle. When I say she got a circle, it's grandma. My mom too old. She can't move. She ain't doing too much of nothing. We know she's not going to do that, right? Because she knows my story and she's going to protect her. But she raised me, so I trust her, mm -hmm. right? Her godparents, I trust them. 
they will kill somebody. Mm -hmm. you and feel I think, me? and I think that's clear because when we talked about, and this happened in everyone's episode, was about the shame that comes with it. Mm -hmm. And part of removing the shame is having constant conversations mm -hmm. about it, shedding light on it so we can lose its power. And also about having, removing the shame, because shame comes with depression, suicidal thoughts, Absolutely. low self-esteem, and a whole bunch of other cousins. Anxiety. Yeah. Right, anxiety, mm -hmm. all of that, mm -hmm. is about making sure that you are very strategic mm -hmm. about who is in your cipher, mm -hmm. right? Because yeah. if not, you're just going to add another layer, mm -hmm. then another layer, like you said, you know? You said that there was people who you were like, mm, I don't trust you. Mm -hmm. I don't trust it you. It speaks to the, to, 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 it, it, it has, to just piggyback what she's talking about, is it, it has something to do with the levels of consciousness that mm -hmm. you have to be tapped into. I mean, Sometimes that goes over most people's head, but you know, physically we're connected because we see, we feel, we die with each other. But there's so many other levels where, um, emotionally, we're uncomfortable having those conversations. Um, mentally, some people just ain't there. You know, some mm -hmm. people dumb as a rock, and they just not gonna get it. Um, and then that prevent that prevents them from getting that spiritual vibe to where, as you can say, like Nikki said, you could just tell, nah, that, that, that cat ain't right. Something ain't right about him. You don't even have to have a conversation with your child. Because mm -hmm. you can look at your child just like you look at your child sometimes and say, oh, what's wrong? Mm -hmm. That means it's coming from somewhere. Mm -hmm. yep. the same thing, that you look at true. that child, you can look at that, whoa, okay, I'm not going to have that person. Mm -hmm. right? And mm -hmm. it's just a matter of being tapped in. Mm -hmm. But to piggyback off of what you said, it's, this, is, this is why it's so important for young adults and adults to go into some type of counseling, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. some type of something to get themselves together before they open up their selves to children, mm -hmm. to a man or a woman. Mm -hmm. Because without that, when you're still walking around in this fog broken. Mm -hmm. and broken and the uneasiness of your life, you may not get that signal. You may not feel that from the next person. And you're missing it. Yes. And that miss and could be detrimental to your child's life. Your husband's cycle. life, yeah. your wife's life, whoever. It mm -hmm. can be detrimental to miss that connection Definitely. because mm -hmm. you're not whole yet. Mm -hmm. Being whole is so important. You can make the worst decision of your life being unwhole. Mm -hmm. I think you, you, you said everybody, right? There's something as parents that our children have that we had, but as parents, that our children have and we have the ability to see it. I noticed it with my daughter and my son. My daughter now has had this keen sense of whoa mm -hmm. from little. I respected it from infancy. Mm -hmm. If someone tried to hold her and she cried, and I'm talking about that cry that you know is the mm. cry that, that says, that, that don't let that person put, I didn't let them go. I didn't let her go there. And so I think that's the same thing. Mm -hmm. We got to be willing to trust their the instincts, instincts too. Yeah. Exactly. Because they have them. Exactly. They have them. And we got to validate it and trust it. confirmation of Absolutely. being tapped in. We need to Absolutely. be tapped in. And, and I just want to say that's why we are doing this platform and having this platform because this may be a jump start yes. to people who right. may not have the language, for people who may not have the conversation, for people who may not even know that there's something going on, that they are broken and they are whole. And I just want to say that I am so grateful for all of you here on this panel for even being willing to get uncomfortable yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. because 
it was very uncomfortable to share soul imprints. It was very unnerving to hear what you went through because sometimes you suppress it so much that you don't even realize that it's there. And when it becomes unearthed and you dig in through and you pick up another worm, and then you pick up a spider and then you pick up this other stuff and you like, whoa, I have to, it's in my hand now. Now to what I do with it. And you let Ask Dr. Riley show, take it, Absolutely. massage it, care for it, mm -hmm. so we could help others. Absolutely. And that's what this is all about. You know, our experiences, people, are not just for us, mm -hmm. but it's to help the next person. Mm -hmm. And it is my hope and it is my prayer that this season of the Ask Dr. Riley show helped you move to the next place, to the next point of your life so you can have a different lived experience. Mm -hmm. Remember, if you need some assistance, you need some help, you can got, um, contact the Coochie Coach. You can contact anybody up here. Mm -hmm. They will connect you or just continue to um, use the numbers that are flashing across our screen because it is my desire that you live your best life. Mm -hmm. So everybody up here, thank you. Thank you. Thank and you. me, thank Dr. Anissa Riley says, out, we out, peace. peace. And that's Dr. Riley. <laughs> yes. I can't do no more. <laughs>